Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay. We are... That's okay. We are officially live. Uh, Today is Wednesday, March 24th, and uh, this is Reflection Artist Live number 21. We have special guest uh, John Bell, who is uh, Vice President of Sales uh, and co-owner of Pro Products in Bath Industries. And so we're going to dive into who Pro Products uh, is and who John is and his background and how he established the position he's at now uh, with uh, his partner, his brother, Michael, um, with overseeing and, and operating the, the, the pro products, uh, huge, huge, uh, you know, company. So thank you, John, for being on and um, go ahead and uh, give us a little background on how you got started in detailing from those younger years. Sure. Well, Thank you, Justin. Appreciate the opportunity being on. It's uh, look, look look forward to it. And tough act to follow from the first first twenty, but um, sure. It's uh, it's my thirty second year with the company uh, in July, and I came out of uh, college straight into the company. But prior to that, I got involved because we're a fourth generation company. My grandfather started this company in 1935. My dad came in 52 and my brother in 86 and me in 89. And, and during that time uh, in high school and college, we started uh, doing some mobile detail, really driveway detailing, if you will. And um, just earn some few extra bucks and because uh, dad owned the company and he could give us product. So that's how really I always started out. And uh, it was, it was quite an adventure. You know, I remember the very first time I detailed a car, I was working on a orange 240Z, maybe 280, something like that. (laughs) It was a neighbor's and uh, gave it to me and I started uh, polishing it and I got orange all over my pad. I'm like, I dropped everything and just ran inside, talked to my dad, like, what did I do wrong? What's going on? You know? And he's, you're fine. It's just single stage. You're good. That's what's going to happen. You know, part of the learning process, go back, you know? So uh, you live and learn. It's just those uh, hands-on moments where you, you really learn, you know, because every, every paint finish is different. Every, every car is different. It, you'll never detail the same car twice, you know, in the same way, it seems like. No, uh, that was a big transition during those years. Late 80s, early 90s is when we, as an industry, well, automotive industry changed from single stage to base coat clear coat as the primary. Right. Absolutely. I was, you know, um, I was, you know, talking to Marty and Pints Polishing about some of the innovations and, and we've gone not too, so much product innovation, you know, or shattering, say, a clay or a, a coating, but really, you know, equipment and paints, you know, single stages to base coat, clear coats to Saturn, you know, 
made the ill-fated mistake with going there, waterborne paints there for a while, you know, so it was, uh, you know, but my grandfather always said, you know, where there's problem, there's opportunity. And that's, that's, you know, we've sort of embraced that, you know, that led to a whole slew of new compounds and polishes for based on those new paints. So, so, so what yeah, would you there, say, what would you say that in the late eighties timeframe, what, what were some of the services that were a demand or were you guys executing for your business that were kind of popular? It was very traditional, detailing back then you know we tried to do and we were taught that you know three-step we were going to compound we were going to polish and we were going to wax and then you know the newest thing was was paint sealants if you will you know uh, i grew up in the polyglycodes and and um the one year you know we used to have a product called that we sold a car wash it's called shine for a year you know and and our polymer two paint sealant so that was that was, it was very traditional back then, you know, you, you know, you didn't do, we didn't offer any, anything beyond that, you know, window tinting or anything like that. It was just strictly your basic, almost wholesale detailing, if you will, you know, um, more profitable, more profitable. Cause we, yeah, <laughs> we were doing, we were doing on the retail end, you know, we were doing yes. neighbors and stuff like that. You know, we didn't, I, I ventured out one time, you know, actually I did, a dealership cars just because I knew the guy and he was willing to pay me what we agreed upon was fair market value, which very nice lack of lack of terms. Most dealers don't. You no, know? that's a very rare situation. They'll, they'll, they'll chew you up and spit you out and move to the next one, you know, and For $5 so less. <laughs> we, we, we got away from that really fast and, 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 you know, or just never really ventured into it at all, you know, with the exception of a friend just to help him out because he was not, able to get what he wanted you know so but um yeah in, in the in the beginning it was very traditional you know not we didn't venture too far out of you know what we knew you know so. that makes sense that way it keeps it simple for both Absolutely. parties yeah and what how many years were you in business doing the the mobile we thing? just did it to uh high school and and then college and then once i graduated college me and my brother you know he went to the he went to the company first and he graduated college and then I came two years later. So at that point, you know, there was just no, no time to do any more detailing. Uh, it was all focused on the company at that point. Uh, well, it gave you experience hands-on. It gave you, you know, the, the uh, approach absolutely. to understanding things. So when you're talking to people, you can relate and they can relate. Right. And you're not only talking, but, you know, sort of walking the walk, if you will, too, just trying to, you know, what limited time I did do it, did, did I had some experience, you know, and able to show products, you know, show the, the products that I was selling, you know, once I moved to the company. So, and, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, when we're showing people's demonstration, you know, and teaching classes that they have, they have the, the trust that in, in you and respect in you that you're, you're, what you're showing them that hey this guy knows what he's talking about you know yeah um, credibility but, yeah exactly it's it, rather than because the detailers man they're out there in the trenches every day and they can see it if you don't know what you're doing and or if you're trying to bs them yeah know? and and that that doesn't work that no. doesn't work so no. i'll catch on if, eventually if they don't catch on immediately exactly exactly so so yeah, it was, it was a limited time, but it was a good time. It was a very, you know, it was eye-opening and it gave me the experience to move into the company and, and, and start working with distributors and, and end users of our products. 
Very nice. So when you first moved into being part of the company, what was that first position? Where were you at to have to work up the ladder? Oh, my first position when I was, when I was a little kid going to the factory with my dad, I was sweeping floors. <laughs> I painted, I painted 20 foot chemical tanks when I was 15 years old. I mean, everybody, everybody in the production team would just point up there and laugh at me, you know, and I think probably someone probably wish I'd failed me <laughs> to be honest, but, <laughs> but uh, no, my dad was, he, you know, my grandfather started this company in depression era. My dad came in, he's, from Southern Georgia, I mean, literally dirt poor. When he said he you know, walked barefoot to school, he walked barefoot to school. Wow. So he wasn't going to hand me or my brother anything. And um, so that's, we learned from the ground up, sweeping floors, you know, working in shipping to, uh, well, painting tanks. And then I actually got to work in shipping. You know, that was a serious upgrade. And then when I started the company, I came in, um, I studied international business at school. So that's where I really started with the companies trying to develop uh, an export program for us and develop our export business. Was so. it just mainly in the States during that time? At that frame? point we were, uh, we were Canada. We were basically North America and, and Japan. Um, okay. We've had early on had a great customer in Japan. Um, and from there we just, uh, blossomed into to where we are today we're you know south america you know we're basically everywhere with the exception of australia we're trying to get there so we have one 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 continent to conquer yet but um yeah but it's been a long haul but that's how i started out it was it was uh and i just progressed from there um basically worked throughout the different sales regions you know we've got it divided up into four here at baf you know we've got the West, Midwest, South and Northeast and work with uh, those regions and work. And you guys have, of course, trucks on the road and jobbers on the road out there going. Absolutely. We work through a worldwide distributor network. So we, and we sell two distributors. They in turn are on route sales to the local um, professional auto detailer, you know, dealerships, detail shops, car washes, wherever. Um, And then some really, crazy places where you never ever think your product would ever end up you know i've been to golf courses i've been to funeral homes i've been to motels i've been to restaurants i mean it's it's you know it's some of our distributors are quite rural where there's just not enough automotive to sustain a living so they've had to pivot and go to these other places and you know did you know, I mean, interior cleaners, interior cleaner, glass cleaners, glass cleaner just doesn't have to be used on car windows. Yeah, they've, that's they've good. Found, they found they found niches to to make a living. You know, so um, that's that's you know from there um, became national sales manager and with the four reps under me and did that for quite a number of years and still to this day really really do it as we talked prior to that. We're, we're a small business and we, we all have a hat rack and every day it's a different hat, you know? And, um, and then 2012, um, me and my brother, uh, purchased the business from my father. Um, and we've been owners of pro products or BAF industries, which manufactures pro products since 2012, the last nine years. So. I'm sure that was a proud moment for him. It was, it was, uh, 
it was really, you know, bittersweet. I mean, we, uh, you know, he had, he was crying, you know, with tears, you know, sadness and tears of tears, tears of joy that we were able to take it over. And, and really we'd already been there. It's my 30s. So we had been over there 20 plus years. So, you know, he knew the company was in good hands and, and yeah. we were going to, we were going to do him proud. Um, but it was, it was, it just didn't last long enough for him. We bought it in September, 2012 and he unexpectedly passed away in October, less oh, than 30 days nice. later, you know, and, and it was shocked to all of us. And, and it's, it's sad, you know, cause we take it in now and, and we would love to see what we've done with it in the last nine years. I think uh, we've done quite a bit and I think he'd be, he'd be proud. He'd be shocked actually to, to, be honest, <laughs> to see, you know, see the company and see the industry, you know, yeah, industry's, yeah. industry's come a long way. I think um, like we were talking earlier, it's single stage, you know, paints in eighties to like nineties was the low down menu with, you know, you had a lot of companies out there just making their own stuff and people are just trying to get as cheaply as possible. And then things have swung completely around where, and, and thank goodness for, you know, podcasts and social media and the internet where people are out there, they're willing to spend money for quality products and they realize that they can do better, you know, with a better product, you know, that it's not all price oriented. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's come a long way in that respect too, you know, and he, he, he was a, he was a chemist. He, he, he's the one that created some of the crown jewels that made the company took off. You know, my grandfather started it. It was more or less a, a, a dog and pony show, if you will. You know, he was depression era and yeah. he, oh. he bought a formula for a wipe on paint product. That's really how we started. We didn't start with car, we, I guess, ultimately a car care product, but it was a wipe on paint product, black paint. And he would go down to the pier and people pull up their black car and he'd do a half a hood. And they're like, well, you're going to do the other half. And he's like, no, you're going to do the other half because you're going to buy the product. And that was his that was his pitch and that was his dog and pony show. And what was it exactly? What was the product? It was, it was simply just literally, like I said, just a wipe on paint product, you know, is paint where you wiped on with a, with an applicator. Um, we're do, we're talking 1935, 19, yeah. you know, to For Those paints, you could, you could lick your thumb and rub them and make them shine. <laughs> right. And, and you only had black, you know, yeah. part. so, um, and now, you know, then he, realized, Hey, this could be something. So he ended up buying some more formulas and got into some polishes and glazes and some compounds and started packaging, you know, in our home office, our headquarters here in Tustin, California, we still have, uh, in our cabinets, our archives of old Brown medicine jars of polishes and glazes from the forties and thirties. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. That's very cool. And then my dad came in in 52. He graduated college and as a chemist and, and came in in 52 and really ultimately took us to where we are because he was a chemist, but um, he was very much a people person. He was a sales guy. You know, he, he would have loved to be sitting here next to me on this show, you know, um, and talk to you because he, he really loved making products, but more or less, he really loved doing it for his customer base. And now with your grandfather, how many products did you guys have at that point in time? And then, you know, and then your dad came in, of course, and developed more. He probably, my grandfather probably had maybe 10 to 12 products. 
you know, and back then there wasn't plastics, everything was glass jars. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of the products back then it was, it was, you know, polish or glaze and there, you know, and then he would have maybe a Marine polish or a glaze pretty probably much this, probably the same product in a different, you know, container for, for a different use, but, um, and then your dad, what did he end up establishing with the product lineup? He came in and he had a chemistry background. Like I said, he developed really the, the crown jewels of our company at the time, you know, which were our troubleshooter, which was a sealer color brightener, like a polish for a single stage. Nice. Uh, our miracle wax uh, and our yellow paste wax. And that was really, and then you had back then it was all orange, brown, traditional gritty compound. Yeah. So you compounded, then you came back with troubleshooter, you came back with, with Miracle Wax, finished it off with yellow wax, and that, that car was golden. You nice. know? And and we still have those products in, in the line today. You know, it's, there's still got a lot of old timers out there, and you still have a lot of single stage paints out there that people want to, you know, keep these cars, you know, going. Uh, so I was going to ask you what about from the, the time frame of your grandfather, did those just evolve or did they drop off because they were only for that time frame? I think they, some, maybe, maybe one of the glazes maybe transitioned into our troubleshooter, but everything else it was, was formulated by my dad because, you know, again, as even with the eras that the, the raw materials have gotten much, much better and much yep. more, um, evolved and much wider spectrum available to you to work with. Um, pretty limited options in the beginning for, for my grandfather and, and monetarily too. You know, he was very limited in what he could do. Yeah. Uh, as we started to grow, you know, the spectrum of what was available to my dad uh, through, through raw materials was, was much greater. And then he started, we developed, he developed basically a complete car care line, started doing soaps to greasers interior cleaners you know um our c49 which most people just call pink stuff it's actually got a name it's called heavy duty interior cleaner it used to be called heavy duty interior and convertible top cleaner well don't see too many convertible tops you know no anymore so that that went by the wayside you know so we just shortened the name but that's that's still around so we developed that complete line and we've just evolved it and from basically the fifties to where, you know, to 2021. Now with your dad being the chemist, did he also hire some chemists too, to have a small team there to help, you know, I'm sure with the workload. Absolutely. Can only handle so much as one man. <laughs> oh my gosh, Justin, it's, you should see these volumes of uh, books. We, we, he used to back prior to computer before we got on a computer, you, everything was a notepad. He would just fire. He, I mean, is he, he would burn through fax machines like they're candy. And he would just fire them off into the lab and make little tweaks here and there. And then he'd like to play games with sales and take a product, you know, take one of our products, make a different color. Hey, how's this work? Just keep us on our toes. And we're like, you know, that seems like this product, you know, and we're like, so. That's cool. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> he had a team there and absolutely, you know, there was uh, basically three chemists and then a, then a lab tech, you know, and then sales and, and a, we'd had a full-time detailer uh on site that would test it in real life situations is when we go test sometimes we you know and that's why we've asked you for for your assistance sometimes is to to test stuff for us because we have it in these nice pristine yeah and, and, and that's not that's not reality 
And that's why we would try and put our products when we're testing something out there in real life scenarios. Cause you can put down, I mean, you've done it. Everybody's done detailers to use products. They use compounds to polish. They use polish to compound. They use, you know, they use different things. And you have everybody that's a master mixologist. They're mixing polish with wax and this with that, you know, so. That's definitely uh, become more of the normal, uh, normalcy. I understand the, the cross-referencing of applications, but yeah, some people have gotten a little crazy and yes, they've discovered things that have that will and do work. But then other than that, it's just nothing sometimes. <laughs> Most of yeah. The time. I mean, it, it's funny. People will be like, Oh yeah, John, if you mix your number one polish with your Canaba cream wax, you know, it's a great product. I said, yeah, now you've just made our pro gold, you know? And, but they're going to do what they want to do. And they, you know, from a sales standpoint, they want to buy two products, Justin, who am I to stand in the way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You buy larger quantities. It's yeah. easier to mix. No. <laughs> but, but you're right. They, they have discovered stuff along the way, but my, the bigger point is that, that they're out there using it in real life scenarios and, and something that we couldn't duplicate in a lab. So that's, that's why, you know, we want to get firsthand. I, I say it all the time to my, my guys and my production team, you know, that, we know what the details, they know what it looks like. They know what it, what it smells like. I mean, hell, some of these guys even know what it tastes like, you know, they're up to their elbows in this product every day. Yeah. And yeah, it's I want to know their DNA. Exactly. And you know, when, when they speak, I'm all ears. I want to know, um, because I'm not out there using my product every day as much as I want to. Um, I, I just don't have the time, but I, I really listen, take, you know, to heart what they have to say, you know, in regards to our product. And, you know, I'm a big boy. We have a big lab project list and I'd yeah. love to sit here and tell you that, Hey, 30 projects on our lab project list, all 30 were, were golden and there's stars, but you know, there's, there's, fail, like there's, there's yeah. no, there's plenty of failure along the way. And, you know, so I get it. So. Now it's cool that you mentioned that you had an in-house detailer because I noticed, you know, with the past, I would say five to seven years, um, manufacturers have reached out to detailers because they weren't exercising anything like that. So at what point in time in, in the years of, of you guys, you and your brother taking over, did you decide that you wanted to have an in-house detailer to execute that? Because that's, I think, like ahead of the game. In, in this, this goes, Justin, this goes back to the... 90s he was with us uh wow. harvey jacobson was with us probably all the way from 90 until we moved in left santa Ana, uh shut down our facility there in 2005 he was with us 15 years doing it came in as a painter and a detailer and so he had a great background and um he worked out of our a two bay facility you know out of our sales office and and it was great. And, and in the end, he would actually moved up the street. So we were in a satellite location. He moved up the street and started working out of the lab, started actually, the, you know, looking and, and making sample formulas. He was, he was that good and making tweaks on his own. Like, Hey, I think it needs this or this. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, doesn't think it like about like that, that we were ahead of our time, but it just, it's just what we needed because, Again, like I said, we, we put in, we look at it and the label says this and we follow directions like that. But, you know, that's not, that's not the real world. You know, guys, yeah. they under, they, you know, detailers grab it and go. And that's, that's what we needed. Hey, how's it going to work on this 
and we're again choosing pristine cars or whatever it is so they're you know real life detailers going and grabbing stuff that's out there in real life situations that's it's this product's going to be used and either it works or it doesn't you know or it works you know majority of the time or this needs this tweak or that tweak you know and that that feedback is invaluable it is and i think the other benefit too is that you're able to have an immediate feedback versus sometimes having to wait you know i know i've received samples to where i didn't or wasn't able to get around to you know uh executing them to see what the results were and just from being busy or sidetracked or whatever as to where having somebody that's in-house that you're paying to do that stuff they're always on hand to be able to get immediate feedback, you know, and try it over and over and over on different, different scenarios, whether it's climate, you know, maybe it's raining one day or it's humid or it's hot or, you know, and then you get different cars with that same product. And like I said, every time, you know, it's, it's, it's different on, on a chemical, almost every, every finish or climate or what have you. So um, that, that you're absolutely right. It's great to have that on board. So you, we get that immediate feedback and we can make the tweaks, you know, and it certainly, it helps and it, it continues to help this to this day. I mean, we still do that, you know, um, this will send it out to distributors and, and there, we have quite a few distributors that are, um, will test it themselves. And then you have some that go give it to their, their best guy per se, but that lag, you know, um, and not getting that instant feedback and on hand or on site feedback um, is is it, it helps in the long term, but it's just you know when you're looking to develop something immediately or, or get immediate feedback, it, it's it's a drawback. Yeah, it's very valuable. I mean, this topic with because the fact that you're expressing you know how early in the game and how early in you know the years that you guys executed this is huge because, you know, a lot of manufacturers are finally just coming around to finally entertaining the idea, you know, to, to let their product out to, for people to sample it and get feedback from true professionals. And again, right. this is only in the past five or seven years in comparison to, you know, you doing this 25 years ago and exercising that. That's huge because that says a lot about the company and the integrity of it to where a lot of manufacturers, they just produce stuff based on their lab results and send it. And, you know, that's not necessarily bad. They may hit some home runs, but at the same time, there's, there's not a lot of R and D or enough R and D going into it. And as you said, the real world R and D to really validate that, Hey, this is going to be a a home run for sure. Not just, Oh, we put it on the shelf. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've, I've had contact with your, I've had discussions with my uh, production team and, and, you know, our chemists and somebody will call up, Hey, this, it's not working right. Something's wrong. You know, so I'll go, you know, make out a customer issue complaint, you know, and send it to them. They're like, you know, John, we made 6,000 gallons of that product. I said, yeah. How many, how many of the 6,000 gallons do you guys use? Well, we didn't use any, you know that I'm like, yeah, this guy lives, breathes and eats that product every day. So he knows. So, we can't just stick our head in the sand and, and say, oh, we made 6,000 gallons, you know, deal with it. You know, this guy knows. So if, if there is an issue, we want to know about, it. you know, you made 6,000 gallons. That means there's other people out there that have that product. And if there is a real issue, we got to let people know. But so, you no, know, that's absolutely, you know, chemists that, but that's how they think they, you know, there, there, there is, 
not a gray area. It's, it's, it's a yeah. very black and white, you know, it either it's, it's a yes or a no and work or not work. And so, no, you have to have that feedback and you have to have broad shoulders and, you know, put your big boy pants on. Somebody tell you, Nope, don't like it. You know, didn't work this way or I liked it, but you know, I'd like to see this or that, and you know, but that's, that's how you, that's how you get to where you are with, with products, you know, that end up being stars in your line. Now with you being a company that brings in raw material and manufactures everything in house, that's a huge plus versus, you know, getting a third party, fourth party, et cetera, where it's, you know, watered down to say, um, but have you had the scenarios where you just had to make that call because you caught something in house that wasn't right. And you just had to dump whatever batch size that was and start all over again due to integrity of making sure it was right. 110%. Absolutely. Actually, we just did it. Not but a month ago, something wasn't right. And our raw material finally, or our vendor fessed up and, and the thickener was out of spec because our stuff was dropping out. And we're like, something's not right. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like uh, my friend's a, uh, a chef and he used to do work at a restaurant, small restaurant. And then he went to work for Marriott. So he's making 30 plates a night to 3000 plates and chemistries, you know, and baking and cooking, it's sort of like the same way, trying yeah. to take a, a formula and make a three ounce retain, you know, for a sample to, a 6,000 gallon batch is quite different. Yeah. Things that happen along the way, it just doesn't pan out like that. So yeah, we did exactly that. One of our compounds, so I got two calls and then I got a third call, like, Hey, it's watery on top. Like what, you know? So check it out. Sure enough, went back and vendor, vendor thickener was out of spec. Recalled it all, you know? And, and, you know, it's just, you know, could have easily stuck our head in the sand and, you know, deal with it. But, you know, that's, that's not right. You're not, you're not giving the customer what they paid for. No, it's, it a lot name, of times too. what happens, what we found, Justin, is if something like that happens, and, and I've done it myself, not with pro products, but with any product, I'll just throw it in the trash and move on to something else. Yep. And, and now that I'm in the position I'm in, if I find the product like that, I let the manufacturer know whatever it is, Hey, this wasn't right. You know? And sometimes they take care of you. Sometimes they don't, they don't want to take care of you. They, they neglect then then go move on unless, you know, you go to another product. But a lot of times people, it's the old habits, you know, people like a product where they tell three people, people don't like a product where they tell eight people. Yeah. So, or with social media now it's all over. And I yeah, see that all it, yeah. the time. They yeah. discredit a product, not even being able to work it to its full potential. But because for whatever reason, it, something didn't work in their whatever head thought process they had, it should, you know, from what they seen online or whatever. And then all of a sudden they discredited it. Now they're bad mouthing it. Now, now the product is not anything that they said it was marketed as. And it becomes yeah. this whole, you yeah. know, eight turns to 800 turns to 8,000 turns to viral. Like, yeah, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, and that's not how we operate. We're not here to, to, you know, we want to provide people a high quality product and give them what they pay for. You know, um, this is a consumables business. You're going to buy a court from me. I'm not retiring to the Bahamas off a of court, you know? So it's, it's, it's consumables. You're going to buy that same quarter product and, and next month and the next month after that and so forth. So it's not, I'm selling you a refrigerator and see it, Justin, see you in 15 years, you know, 
Um, these are consumable products. So you want to take care of that customer that's consuming your product daily, monthly, yeah. you know, yearly. So absolutely. Now with, with the company, uh, you guys are uh, mainly California. And then you have another location here on the East Coast, which is Kentucky, if I'm correct. You're correct. Okay. We, we uh, started out in small little shack in Venice and Santa Monica, California. Oh, we beautiful. moved to Santa Monica, or we moved to Santa Ana in the um, in the sixties, nineteen sixty-two. That's when I used to. I was born in sixty-six. So I used to go with my dad. We were out in the fields, and we'd go to the factory with him to take care of the guard dog and and watch the motorcycles. Me and my little brother, while he worked, and we were there from sixty-two. We left there in two thousand five. Oh, that wow. was a 50,000 square foot facility. And then in 1972, we opened a, another 50,000 square foot facility in Blue Ash, Ohio, right outside Cincinnati. And the reason we did that is um, we were sending a truckload to two truckloads a week of all of our products to stock um, Cincinnati. And because all they made was water-based because water's seven pounds a gallon, glass cleaner, yeah. 90, 95% water. So you you, you're shipping water across the United States gets very expensive. So we opened that facility and that's really what propelled our expansion was to be able to be competitive nationwide on those types of products. Um, so in 2005, we were just trying prior to that 2002, three, four, we were trying to expand our facility in Santa Ana and we were just getting stonewalled at every turn. Um, not by the city, but of all people, fire department. Oh, wow. Uh, they just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all chemical companies and, um, you know, they just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, a lot of restrictions. Of it. So city was all for it. Cause that meant more tax revenue. That meant more employment, but they shut us down. So we had no choice. We, we left California. We sh shuttered the blue ash facility and we opened a, 80,000 square foot facility in Florence, Kentucky, and never looked back. It, they welcomed us with open arms, and we have built a state-of-the-art facility there for what we do um, as a car care manufacturer, and it's it's been wonderful. And we just have a headquarters, office headquarters, with a small warehouse out here in Tustin, California now. Um, don't tell the people in Kentucky. I just choose not to live in Kentucky right now. So, you just decided to stay with your family roots. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I tried to stay close to family. So. Yeah. You're, you're a Cali boy. So you need yeah. to stay in Cali. Born and, born and raised. So. Exactly. I so, get it. Not that I couldn't. I, and the companies should probably ultimately will be back there, but um, in due time, but it's, it's that's, so that's where we're at now. We've, we've been there since 2005 and uh, the facility has been great. The, the city has been great. Um, and it, it kept our distribution point. You know, we set up Cincinnati because two thirds of the U S population is within a 500 mile radius. So we're able to ship out of there and hit, you know, two thirds of the U S population. Um, and that's, that's where the majority of our last time I checked, it was about 64%, 66% of our business is east of the Mississippi. Oh, wow. So in that studio, just, you just have a lot out West. We have a lot of one one city populated states, you know, you have Salt Lake city in Utah, you have, you know, Phoenix in Arizona, you have Albuquerque in New Mexico, you wear, you know, five hours from 
Cincinnati or Florence, Kentucky, you know, puts me in, you know, Pennsylvania and, and Georgia and way out in Iowa or somewhere out there, you know, and probably Canadian. I know I'm in, I'm in Canada if I go North for five hours. So. Yeah. Um, now, do you feel that, you know, when it's, when we're talking about East coast, West coast with the West coast having a more dominant car culture and so many major brands deriving from California, do you feel that that market just a little bit more watered down with options versus coming to the East coast where there's still options, but nowhere near as many because that being what we consider the car culture of our, of our, of the U S it, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of, you know, growth. I mean, there's a lot of companies now, like we were talking earlier, yeah. private label and put slap the label on something. Now you have all these little boutique, I guess, companies, if you will. And we've had a lot of international companies, the angel waxes, Mizernas and zone axes coming to the States and, and with quite success. Um, but you know, at one point, you know, a lot of it was regional, you know, I mean, yes. Automagic had their niche in the, in the, in the Southwest. We were out in the West PNS just dominates and continue to dominate, you know, in Northern California, Ardex, you know, just don't even think about selling a product in Philadelphia, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and thereabouts that Northeast corridor it's, it's, but, you know, we've all grown, we've all grown nationally, you know, and, and done quite well and all been successful and hasn't really hurt any of the others. That tells you how much business there is out and, there. And there's a lot of relationships between a lot of you guys that most people don't know about everybody thinks we're so adversarial, you know, I have, I think I have great relationships with some of my biggest competitors, you know, oh, yeah. Bob Phillips is, is a friend, you know, uh, Sean Rowan's a friend, you know, Clint Hintz, you know, I've known Clint for 30 years since he's automagic, you know, known Rocco since he was a, uh, running his, his automagic distributorship, <laughs> killing it up there on Long Island. I mean, yep. yeah. So you know, there's, there's enough business to go around for all of us, you know? And, and so I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, intimidated or, or adversarial with those guys at all, you know, and, and IDA has brought a lot of that broken, a lot of the walls down, Oh yeah, oh yeah. you know, because when PDA first started way back out in California, buddy Abraham, it was all just, just, who, who can, you know, get to the detailer first from the manufacturer standpoint. It wasn't, it wasn't, nobody was working together. It, no. You know, it was, it was, it was destined to fail, you know, but that's, you know, you've got to go through a food through failures to get to the fruits of success, like the idea. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I welcome it. You know, the, the more we all can work together, elevate the industry, the better off we all are. Absolutely. Yeah. And then to that point, I mean, that's where, you know, when people do attend these shows and be able to get to meet, you know, yourself or others that they, they find online or whatever it may be, they start to realize there's, a, there's, there's definitely a lot of relationships from going to the shows, but everybody is friendly. Everybody is getting along. Everybody is enjoying each other's time and sometimes bouncing ideas off each other. You know, you're in the, in the same field, you know, in the same arena, just in a couple of different directions. You know, different formulations, right? You know, it's still accommodating Absolutely. the end user as, as the detailer or the consumer. We, I talked to Bob because we're in California. We're California manufacturers and we have our issues with yeah. California and what they're requiring, you know, and then we'll bounce off things off each other. Like, hey, are you going to do this? You're going to do that? You know, see this. And yeah, you have to. It's, it's you know, um, again, it's it's 
all for the betterment of the industry for the end user. Cause that's really ultimately what it comes down to, you know, um, the, you know, the state, you know, has some serious regulations on us and, and, you know, but they're only looking out for the consumer and we get it, you know, um, and you just gotta, you gotta play by the rules. And, and so we ab- absolutely, we bounce stuff off each other. That's, that's how we, we progress. That's how we elevate, you know, that's, that's where it's, that's where it's going. And I hope it continues, you know, and I think yeah, IDA is here to stay. And, you know, I think it's, it's only going to grow and it's only going to get better. You know, yeah. that's why I look forward to SDC because Daryl's got, Big D's got a really unique concept, I think going to happen there and, and getting people at least to in a smaller environment, but also hands-on. You know? Yeah. And it'd be good for this year coming out of this whole pandemic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be the first official show and event for the detail industry to kind of, you know, break the tension of, of the whole pandemic situation. Never in my lifetime, Justin, what I thought or my career that I would have shut my company down for five weeks for a virus. I mean, it's, we, we shut down um, March well, almost a year ago today, March yeah. 28th, Governor Brashear in Kentucky shut us down, um, only essential businesses. And um, it's amazing how much free legal advice I got on how to run my company and told me <laughs> I was an essential business, you know, but we were making disinfectant, we were making hand sanitizer. And could I have stayed open? Yeah. For, for what? For money? You know, I, I, I shut the business for, for, the sake of my employees, you know, I don't, nobody needs that, you know, it's, it's essential as I think I am, you know, the, the employees are more essential. They, they, you know, their health and welfare and safety is, is priority. So we shut it down and we shut it down and we didn't come back to work till May 4th. And like I said, was it a blow? Absolutely. But we're coming up on the end of our fiscal year here in a week from today prorated year on year we're ahead and are we down yes you take a yeah. revenue away for five weeks of any business i think you're, you're yeah what you could have done yes but what yeah. you did yeah that's the big picture hey knock on what we're, we're we're still here we're we're thriving you know in the in the you know what four five weeks so we were thriving in the 47 weeks we we did business you know and and no complaints but it's is crazier and and i look forward to you know, getting back to, you know, MTE and, and SDC and, and SEMA, you know, those are, those are three big shows that, that, you know, that we'll continue to do on a regular basis, you know, to, to promote and, you know, for the detailers. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, and speaking of moving forward outside of the shows and events, I mean, you guys as a company have evolved with this whole industry and protectants with coatings, you guys have, you know, your own coatings out now. Uh, I mean, you've had, technically we've had coatings out, but no more of the relevant ceramic-based stuff, I should say. And uh, you guys have really, you know, engaged in the evolution of that change to keep you relevant. And uh, if you don't mind, you know, tell us about the direction of where Pro's going and what you've established with that line of products and how successful it's been for you. Well, like we were talking earlier, I mean, as far as 89, when we, when beginning 90s, we had clay and that was, that was revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> revolutionary. And, and, and then we went to, then we didn't really have much until, until coatings product wise. Now, 
equipment wise, absolutely. But what, what Buff and Shine and Lake Country and some of the other pad manufacturers have done with the pads is phenomenal. It's, it's created, it's created us, you know, pro and other manufacturers. We're building products for you, you know, or for the equipment now. And, and that, that's new, but we were doing SEMA and I was walking around, I'd see ceramic pro and I'm like, ah, gimmick, gimmick. Well, and let's go back to next year. Oh, they have a bigger booth. Yeah. And then there's other ones with other names. (laughs) And I started getting, you know, the sales reps are badgering me. And then, then customers start asking like, okay, this, this looks like it's here to stay, you know, let's start R and D in it. And, um, we started really getting heavily involved in it and you start looking at, you know, the, the 600 pound gorillas out there, you know, all, you know, whether it's seat courts and, and, you know, ceramic pro and IGL and, and they all, they're all built differently, you know, like, okay, which direction do you want to go as, as a product, you know? And so we developed ours in 2016, launched it at SEMA 2017. And it's, you know, it's been great, you know, um, and then it's just exploded. I think somebody at the SEMA two years ago, one of my customers counted 42 companies selling coatings. Of course, oh, yeah. we all know they're not yeah. making them. You know, there's probably only a handful of manufacturers, but, but the fact of the matter is there's 42, there was 42 companies at SEMA promoting it. Or marketing and coding so it's like going down it, the bread it, aisle at the, at the grocery store you know it's all bread it, good for them you know good crap, them, there's a lot know? of different uh, recipes to that bread <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and you know we'll see where it all shakes out but it's but it's but it's good for the industry it's it's you know it is it is here to stay and and now it's being elevated again where you know it's it's being refined and we've already refined ours when we first jumped in we were a, a single solvent formula then people you know like hey john need a little bit more working time drying too fast. So we, we created a, a dual solvent system, you know, and made that change and it, and it's, and it's worked out a lot better. Now we're looking at different things, you know, um, you know, everyone's, you're looking at graphene's now and, and different types of ceramics, uh, raw materials that have come out, different SIO2s that are, that are being presented now, cause now yes. the raw materials or vendors are sending you stuff. Hey, this is ours. Check out this. And this is what you can put it in. And so, they're, they're seeing, so obviously demand, you know, um, is high on their end. So they're, they're, you know, and they, they're jumping on the wagon too. So, um, but yes, it's been successful. We have a glass coating, a paint coating and a trim coating. Um, and, and we're looking at, you know, interior coating, uh, that's in, that's on our lab project list or we call LPL and we meet with our chemist. Uh, I have a meeting with him every Friday and then I have my, bring in my sales reps once a month and all of us talk and, like I said, I'd like to, earlier, I'd love to sit here and tell you all 30 projects are going to come to fruition and make it, you know, out into the marketplace, but that's just not the case. But uh, time is everything. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been, it's been quite successful through our distributor network, you know, and that, that is our bread and butter. That's how our product gets to marketplace. You know, we do have our website and we do sell limited product through, through Amazon, you know, in smaller sizes, but, you know, our bread and butter is our distributor network. Yeah. Yeah, it becomes more personable and, you know, it allows them to have that relationship that's more in depth, you know, and selling online is great. E-commerce can definitely make you some money, you know, considering especially this past year who has had a e-commerce setup that has just exploded. But still, there's there's a business model behind 
your reasoning. You know what I mean? And that's, that's well, what you're playing. We out. can't be everywhere, you know? Yeah. And so we need that distribution network. And, and there's some things that just, we are not allowed to ship via parcel carrier. So you need that local distributor on site that can get the product to marketplace. And, and they're trained in at first, you know, it was almost like when we brought out our car wash line, we took them to a car wash and took them into the back and they, Oh my gosh. Some of them were just deer in the headlights. They're like, Nope, I'm not a car wash guy, you know? And, and then we did the coding training and, you know, most, you know, 98% of them were on board. Like I can do this, you know, cause it really, our, our tagline is perfect prep, perfect coding. And yep. that'll generally apply to probably 80 to 90% of the codings out there. If your prep works good, your, your coding will be good. Yeah. You know, poor, poor prep, poor coding, you know, yep. regardless of whose it is. And so, you know, it's all in, and that's why I've been just talked to a aerosol guy the other day who vendor now that they're going to bring out a coding. I'm like, okay, good luck with that. You know, do you guys know what you're doing? You know, um, so I enlightened him about prepping. He's like, yeah, they, you know, this guy charged me $800. I said, you got to wait cheap. He's yeah. Like, I said, see, you must be friends with all I am. I said, you got to wait cheap, you know, because it's all in the prep. You know, you did your wife's minivan. He spent quite a few hours prepping that car, you know, and, and you know, the coding portion of it's once it's prepped right is not that difficult. No. But people don't realize it. They just look at the number. Right. Right. So, but I'm like, good luck, you know, and then, you know, one more. So now we have, we're going to have 43 coding. But, Very you know, nice. so it's, it's, but you know, that's, like I said, that's good. You know, it's good for the industry. It, it, it keeps things moving forward, you know, because like I said, everything in the nineties was very traditional, very stagnant, you know, compound polish wax and degreaser, you know, and, and then clay came along and shattered everything is how yeah. to prep a car to start, you know, and yeah. now, and then sealants and now, now coatings. And so who knows where to go from here, you know, but look forward to being around to see it. It's always evolution, right? Always evolution. Right. It's just being on the forefront of that and, and embracing the change instead of, you know, trying to act like it's not happening. You're not progressing, you're dying, you know, yeah. and um, it's, you know, we're a fourth generation company now, family business. My son joined the company two years ago and, and he's 25 and man, he's, he's invigorated me. You know, he handles, you know, our social media marketing and it's, well, I'll tell you this, this dates me. I was at SEMA quite a few years ago and I'm on my computer and I'm like, hit up my daughter and my son. I'm like, I can't get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like dad stop stop right now before you embarrass yourself you know so uh so yeah that was an eye-opener so yeah he's taken over and you know he's done a great job and you know and, and he's just got a fresh young perspective you know and and you know bob and brian my sales reps and he brings yep, yep. it to he brings it to us too you know and and uh so he just looks at it completely differently you know from from you know what he calls me the old man standpoint, you know, or yeah. And, and, you know, it's, you know, history repeats itself just like I probably did to my dad. You know, it's just, it's just the way it yeah. goes, you know, and, um, but it's brought, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, fresh perspective and re reinvigorated me and, and, and some of the things we're doing within the company, you know, as we've seen our, our social media just blow up the last couple of years. Yeah, it has. So, it has a lot. Um, 
with where we're at on time, we got to come to a closing. However, do you have any last words of advice, whether it be for detailers, distributors, doesn't matter who, business people in general, something that you could put out there? Well, you know, just for businesses, you know, and that supplies it to anyone, just, just keep plugging along, keep trying. You know, there is going to be failure, but you just keep, keep moving forward, you know, because um, if the passion's there, it will work out, you know. Um, you know, it's my, my dad always told me, you know, you know millionaires, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know, and, and I am a big believer in that. For detailers, man, just get training, elevate yourself. And we're a huge supporter of the IDA. Keep, you know, join and get involved. And they have a lot to offer, you know, beyond just a membership and certification. The networking alone is worth every penny. To be able to come to in a show and meet a, a, a person like yourself, you know, that's, you know, in the trenches daily, but working with manufacturers, the knowledge you have and can, and can you pass it on is invaluable to somebody that's in the, to a detailer out there. And I think that's why you're seeing um, SDC yeah. blowing up, you know, because people want that. They, they want to they network and they want to learn. And I think it's a unique concept. So he'll, he'll be successful. But man, it's, it's just, uh, and that's why MTE, I mean, that used to be a painless debt repair show. I know, right? Now it's a detail show. Now we're so, dominating. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, those are my words of advice. Just, just, you know, elevate yourself, be professional, you know, um, let's, let's take this, you know, out of our garage and, and out of the, you know, out of the shadows and, and, and make it, you know, elevate the industry and professionalize it, you know, and, and, and get what we deserve as, as far as I'm concerned is a skilled art. It is. Can't hand anybody, you know, a rotary, let alone a, you know, or a flex or a Rupes or let alone a rotary and say, go fix that car. You know, this doesn't work like that. You know, a skilled professional has to do that. And, you know, so that's, that's what I, you know, pr- propose to the detailers out there. You know, a good word get trained. Yeah. Training is, can be, yeah, can expedite your, your uh, knowledge and your path in regards to business big time. Um, what's a good website? We are, um, our social media handles at pro car beauty products for both Instagram and Facebook. And you can catch us at prowax.com, P R O W A X, you know, awesome. and if you want to email us, we're at sales team at prowax.com. That way, if anybody is interested in looking further into the full lineup of pro products, you have that information to go check it out. Uh, John, thank you. Thank you for your background story. Uh, you know, it's inspiring to hear that, you know, the manufacturers and we've been on with a lot of manufacturers, a lot of, you know, the same background, they started touching cars with cleaning right. cars and no matter what level of affiliation they had with the company, like you being a fourth generation, you still started the same way. Right. So there's a lot of respect for that. And, you know, especially knowing that you've been there and you've been able to work with your hands on these things. Um, it, it says a lot in regards to the integrity of the company and the direction it goes. So, Thank you for being on. This is, uh, you know, our number 21. Hopefully we'll be able to have you on for other um, episodes. So Got me in. thanks for the opportunity, Justin. I really appreciate it. Well, 
And thanks everybody for taking their time out to, if they watch now or watch later, again, this is uh, number 21, uh, Reflection Artist Live with uh, John Bell, uh, Vice President, Co-Owner of uh, Pro Products and BAF Industries. So thanks again, John, and we'll link up another time. Sounds good. We'll see you at SDC. Right. Take care. Yes, right. we'll see you there. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.